Hello and welcome to another Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams. And I'm Joe Redfern. Welcome. Uh, we're very excited to introduce our guest today. But before that, I will hand over to our usual co-host, Emily. Say hi, Emily. Hi, guys. How's it going? Joe's very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited because we're delighted to introduce today Estelle Lloyd, who is co-founder and COO of Macademia, which uh, comprises two kids brands. So tell us a little bit about your journey with Macademia, Estelle. Um, so hello, everybody. And first, I should say I'm, I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Um, it's great to be here with such fabulous hosts. And um, I, I do listen to the podcast and love it. So it's great to be here. Um, so just a bit of background about myself. I'm Estelle Lloyd, co-founder and COO of Macademia. Um, started the company about 10 years ago. Um, it started first as Azumi, um, which is a uh, younger kids uh, under six preschool. Uh, brand. Um, and then in 2019, we acquired Da Vinci Media based in um, Germany and combined the two brands, the two companies under an umbrella uh, company called Macademia. And that's how Macademia st uh, was born. Um, today, um, we operate the two brands uh, still very much so. Um, da Vinci is a brand position for um, all the kids and families, uh, which is a very important audience for us. Um, our Secret sauce, what makes us unique is our um, particular interest and focus on content um, that is what we call 21st century learning content. Um, so really about uh, obviously the big STEM category, science, technology, engineering, and math, that's massive for us, uh, but also social emotional learning, culture, and really about helping families, parents, kids to really have conversations around life's big questions, uh, really triggering um, curiosity and inquiry around, you know, what the world is about. Our mission is to help create a smarter and kinder world. Amazing. So given that you are building a kids content service at a time when I can't, I can't remember the pace of change in kids media and tech and entertainment ever being quite so fast, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing uh, building your Da Vinci and, and Azumi brands at the moment? Um, I mean, look, it's an excellent question. And I, I do agree that the pace of change is quite spectacular. Um, I wasn't quite a new entrant in the space. Uh, my career was always in technology, media and um and, and, and telco and telecommunication. So I've, I've been familiar with the space, uh, but just the changes that we've seen in the last 10 years uh, have been have been incredible. Um, and not just, I should say in the space, but in sort of macroeconomic and also political space has had huge implication on our work. So uh, particularly in the kids space regulations around um, you know, advertising um, and, you know, privacy to only name a few have had huge impacts. So, uh, yes, the challenges are very much there and um, and they are very much real. Um, I'm an optimist, so I kind of look at challenges and changes as also offering opportunities for growth and for innovation. So that's been also fascinating to operate in the space because of that. And as a small company, I, I, I often describe us as a 
tiny fish swimming in the shallow end of a huge ocean with massive wells. <laughs> I don't know if that's a completely uh, accurate image, but it really works for me and it's very true. The, the, what we have in our favor is that we are small and so therefore we can change, we can adapt, we can innovate very, very fast. Um, you know, I have a team who's very versed in working like this. We, we have cycles of innovations that are very well established with a very specific framework and benchmarks at every stage of the four stages of innovation that we use. And so it's, it's been fascinating. It's been really exciting. It's been also really hard. I'm not, um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, um, challenges often imply big changes and big changes can be quite unsettling. That's really interesting. And in terms of those challenges, how do you kind of navigate and strike a balance between entertainment and education for your audience? Right. So that's that's um, I, th I actually don't look at this as being a challenge, but much more as being an opportunity for us. So when we um, when we look at this, when we look at the media landscape right now, we have identified this as a white space that was willing to be filled. Um, and, and this came from conversations with parents, really. Uh, you know, I, I have young children myself, and uh, particularly around the seven to 10 year years, uh, there is a sort of gap um, and a loss, really, of, of audiences to to platforms that are not video based at all. And video, whether I know sometimes it gets a little bit of a bad rap, but it's very formative. It's very, it's very helpful. It's very important, I would say even, um, in those years uh, for role modeling and for giving understandings, information, education about concepts and questions and situations that are very difficult to translate in the interactive world. And yet we see a lot of kids going straight from watching uh, lovely, cute, uh, you know, uh, nursery rhymes on YouTube to Minecraft and Roblox. And, and I love these platforms and I think they have so much to bring and they also can be very educational as well. And they're working on, on the educational parts of their offering, but there is a gap that we are looking to fill here and that's what i call the white space and so i'm very excited about this white space very very excited and um and we do a good job um and we do a good job thankfully because we find creators that really care about creating experiences and content to fill that white space uh we'll be incredibly incredibly um lucky to come across uh, some incredible content that is being made with that in mind so it will be a, it could be, for example, a nature show, but in there, there is something about sustainability. Could be very small. Sometimes it can be very specific, but it is where the learning takes place. It doesn't have to be A, B, C, one, two, three to be learning. It, it, it also, I'm obviously stating the obvious, especially to you guys, because I know what you care about this as well. Um, 
So that's what excites me. Yes, it's a challenge because it's also finding our internal right balance between what we think is going to be an educational experience, even with a small E, mm. uh, versus being entertainment. It's nothing wrong with just being pure entertainment as well, by the way. My kids watch a lot of, you know, what I would call purely fun and entertaining content. And, and we all know that. Um, perhaps now even more than ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love what you said there about um, the seven to 10 year olds, because I do feel like that is that is an age and even beyond that seven to kind of 11, 12, 13, like once they're 13, you know, GDPR rules change, et cetera. And, and, and you know, they're, they're in a different kind of space, but those kind of older kids are, are tough to reach and they're tough to engage with. Um, you know, they're on Minecraft, they're on, they're on Roblox. Um, they're definitely on YouTube, but getting content that is like a real hit for that audience or like that you can really see the engagement for, I find in, in a traditional format, in that traditional video format is harder and harder. I mean, 10 years ago, you'd been talking about things like High School Musical, you know, those kind of Disney Channel sitcoms, um, you know, Jumping Ground, all that kind of stuff. Uh, please name check what like what content, because first of all, getting them to watch video content is, is a challenge. And then getting them to actually enjoy and engage with video content that might actually benefit them or help them or, or, or deliver some educational value I'd love to hear um your view on on any creators you think that are great for that space because yeah yes. I feel like it's I, I want I want to know their special sauce <laughs> uh, um so one thing that has been really interesting for us is when we set out we said you know what we're going to make all of this new content and we are going to raise a lot of money and put together a studio and on we go. Huh? Being an entrepreneur is such mm. an interesting journey, right? <laughs> um, that's why you set off, you know, really, really here. Um, turns out that we were not able to raise the amount of funding that would have enabled us to be the Netflix of this white space that I've described. And in insight, I've been having been doing this for 10 years, it was actually a blessing at the time, but we didn't recognize it because what it actually meant is that we went out and started meeting those creators, those IP creators and distributors and discovered that there was this wealth of content that already existed that actually filled our space. It wasn't potentially sometimes was only a small part of a catalog. And that was okay because that small part of a catalog still had a different resonance within the white space that we were building. And so that worked really well. What that also enabled us to do is to roll out this programming much more quickly than if we had been making it ourselves. I mm -hmm. should also say that we did also start making our own programming. I'll get to that in a minute because it has a different meaning for us. But so this exploration of looking high and low of, you know, what's out there was actually very, very formative for us and really gave us a very good understanding of the landscape and also enabled us to identify what you've just described, which is that unique IP that does two things. It's the chocolate and it has the broccoli hidden in it. <laughs> chocolate covered broccoli. <laughs> I love that. We've talked about broccoli content on this on the show before, for sure. So, so you you asked for specific examples. So, take Operation Ouch for us, which is one of our most popular IPs. Why does it work? First and foremost, because of the comedy. 
right? It is absolutely hilarious. And if you haven't watched it for a little while, I definitely <laughs> encourage you to watch it um, because it's just it's just fascinating. It's uh, it's the right mix of like you know cringeworthy and being watching it with your hands in front of your face because you can't bear seeing what's happening on the screen and at the same time you get to experience something really extraordinary and unique you know you're in the operating room with real surgeons looking at you know and 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 what i find for for us the extra benefit which is not to be discounted and is is actually in fact proving to be you know incredibly powerful is that it is family viewing a lot of parents watch mm -hmm. with their kids i definitely watched it with my kids um, and for us, that's a, an example that's very representative of that white space that we're trying to think, the type of content that we're looking, which is the right, the exact perfect balance of being highly entertaining and appealing and different and new, and also having those incredible learning values in it that you know are very, very real. And also, obviously, the social-emotional learning element, which is so important. Mm. Um, another show that I would love to tell you about, and that one is, is a, a new original Da Vinci show, which we've made um, in, in the last um, couple of uh, last, last year or so, is Becoming Extraordinary. So that's an another. So Becoming Extraordinary is a new Da Vinci original. We're launching it on the 28th of May, so not too long to wait. I think it's actually in exactly a month from now. Um, and this is a show about growth mindset, right? And and about success and, and can you learn, can success be learned? And and uh, again, we were incredibly lucky to come across an existing production done by Bear Grylls uh, called Becoming X. And these were a series of interviews with huge celebrities and people who have been incredibly successful in their fields. We'll call them GOATs, um, you know, greatest of all times. <laughs> um, the interviews are about when they understood, when they knew, when they had that you know really internal feeling about that they were going to really make it to the absolute top of their field. So it's interviews with Roger Federer, Julia Roberts, Channing Tatum, Valerie Amos, uh, De Klerk, Tim Peake, and many, many, many more. And we've put together this series uh, about you know, exploring and understanding where, where success comes from um, and all the backstories and the untold stories of resilience and giving up and moving away from your family. And it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But again, it has this huge attraction of seeing these people, a completely different side of them. Um, it's, it's very fascinating and very compelling viewing, but it also has the learning elements that we so desperately search for when when we when we look for content and especially when we make it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I want to delve into to the company operationally because I think you you very eloquently articulated you know kids are looking for this kind of educational informative content with a small the small e educational content. And they're looking for it in places outside of their peer group and outside of the playground, which is perhaps where we gained our kind of real life knowledge. They're looking on, on YouTube. You've identified that kind of content and the black brands that you mentioned seem spot on to me. So once it comes into 
macadamia. Once you get your hands on it, give it. T- t- tell us a little bit about how the wheels of your business work. What do you do operationally as macadamia that you think, you know, makes you nimble and able to innovate quickly? So. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a sizable operation sitting behind um, for multiple reasons. First, everything that we do is localized in 22 languages. So that's because we operate globally in lots of different markets. I should also take the opportunity to say why it's important for us to do this. Um, you know, we are strong believers in providing access to education to as many families as possible. Creating a smarter kind of world really includes that. Obviously, we're talking about the world. We're not talking about just a few countries. And so this mission is 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 really, really core and critical to, to everything that we do. So localization in 22 languages, uh, obviously all the infrastructure that enables us to actually have the Da Vinci channel streamed in multiple places around the world that it, there is a hu- huge uh, you know technical operation sitting behind it there is all the content part of it which includes all the meta tagging and uh, the ingest and all of that which which often is overlooked in our industry but um is is such an important part and yeah I, I, <laughs> shout I, out I to all the operational people <laughs> who work on the shows to get them to air yes, because, I think we should give know. a big shout out yeah. to the army of people we all love them that, <laughs> that we all know them and uh and certainly in my team they are the unsung heroes of 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 what we do um but that also enables us to provide this educational content in parts of the world where really there is nothing else because there is a low penetration of broadband and devices the TV set is still the rallying place in the house. And sometimes there is only one in an entire village. And this is where everything happens, which isn't, which, which is, you know, TV related or even learning related. And, and for us, it's, it's really important that we continue to do that. Part of our operations, which is something really interesting, actually, I should mention, is that we also have interactive lessons built on the content and they obviously only exist in the streaming app um, and they enable users viewers to identify a topic that they would love go into these um, interactive lessons watch an episode and sometimes it's only a part of an episode if it's a very long you know uh, piece of content and then either do a little quiz about what they've learned and really have an opportunity to explore this learning in an interactive format. And that's really an important part of our operations. We have tried to bridge the gap between the type of experience that kids gravitate to, really love doing and really find in, um, you know, other parts of other types of edtech products even. And I'm thinking particularly Duolingo, which is very similar to the experience that we're delivering. and. So that's another big part of the operation that that uh, potentially is maybe a little bit more unique to us. Um, and then part of our operation is also partnerships that we have with pla- with platforms like Kahoot. So more on the edtech side, where again all of the experience that I've described here, uh, the interactive experience, is is also made available through Kahoot. Is Kahoot? Is, was Kahoot that? 
quiz app that we were all on in lockdown. Okay. That is, that is, <laughs> um, so again, very much part of our operation, that side of the business, the interactive side and the partnership side with, with the ed tech community is very much another another team within our, our, our company. Um, and yeah, I think I've covered pretty much. And obviously there's the fast. So we, we are now on fast channels. That's very much new for us. Uh, we've launched uh, on multiple platforms. Um, the US is where most of this is happening at this point in time. In fact, we launched on local now yesterday, which is the Alan Media Group um, fast uh, platform, um, which is a big launch for us, enabling, enabling us to reach uh, approximately 15 million households in the US. Amazing. And I think that covers pretty much everything that we do in terms of uh, operations. Um, and that's divided between the headquarters here in London, UK, and then we have an office in Berlin and an office in Istanbul and um, some people on the ground in Los Angeles in the US. That's, that's fascinating. That prompts kind of a question I wanted to ask, actually, which was one of the nuts that we really try to crack uh, on the podcast is the um, the challenge of discoverability for kids' content, and particularly uh, for audiences that are under six that might not be in control of kind of what of the content that they're choosing, and also that there are regulations around how you communicate and and cultivate and grow that community and audience. Um, what are the kind of strategies that you go to, and your insights in terms of? really finding and discovering a new audience and kind of connecting with that audience for this for this age group i mean to be honest i love your question and um it's something that we've been pondering for a long time ever since we started the business and we haven't cracked that um, we haven't cracked that for multiple reasons, and I'm, I'm very happy to get into the details of this. But what we've done is that we've gone for the parents. We've gone for the parents because in what we do in that white space, it's the parents that are leading the way, very rarely the kids. Although with the interactive content that I mentioned, things are slightly different on that, on that front. But... For us, getting the parents on board is, is super important, and this is where our journey begins. Um, and it's been really interesting because we consistently get the same message. When parents finally find us, and again, we, we operate in a very competitive space, and even targeting parents is extremely difficult. Um, when they finally find us, they always say, we always get the same consistent message. I wish I had found you <laughs> earlier. Where have you been all this time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is, which is really, which is a really lovely, lovely thing to hear. Um, and to be able to do this work, we are saying very closely. So we have, we run focus groups. We do a lot of quantitative and qualitative survey-based research with our existing user base and also um, outside of our user base. We have a parent council and people that we talk to, whether it's for new shows, new content that we might be bringing on or developing interactive experiences in complement to the viewing experience or it could be a new feature that we might be launching into the app or could be an, even a new market that we might be considering entering mm. 
or quality of dubs, really anything, anything. And it's it's fantastic to have access to to that uh, to that feedback. Yeah, I'd love to hear because definitely for under sixes, parents have a bit more control of the of the remote. But you know, I'd love to hear if there's anything that you've seen that's different for that set that tricky seven to ten group as well. Because honestly, like discovery and streaming I would put forward is 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 tricky for all audiences from zero to 100 um yes and you know any nuance that you can see that's different across those two audiences I'd love to hear about that older one as well because yeah if their parents say they need to watch something they're definitely not gonna gonna watch it right yeah, so we fast, we're exploring this. Um, okay. Fast is an interesting, fast, very fast, no pun intended, growing uh, space. I, need and, to, I uh, do need to acknowledge that Andy cracking the nut and we're talking to Macadamia pun earlier. I can't believe oh, yes, that went yes, un- yes. Un- yes. unnoticed. <laughs> we're cracking that, definitely. We, we cracking are. nuts fast with fast channels <laughs> on Macadamia. Um, so, interestingly, uh, because of the, the huge size of audiences, right? So, take if we if we think about fast versus the subscription world, right? The the free world, let's call it the free world, mm. is is an interesting one because the volume is is vast. So you start getting numbers, you start getting you start recognizing patterns much more quickly um, than you would um, just because of the sheer sheer size of the data that you've got available. So it's really really interesting with fast is. Unsurprisingly, we've been in close conversations with the editorial and content teams with uh, within these these platforms, and I didn't find trends and themes that they like to tackle that are really important to them. And um, it's it's really fascinating and and quite heartwarming to see that some of the big topics that we are covering, such as sustainability, for example, and it was Earth Day uh, a few weeks mm. ago. Are, are really important, which also means that they are really important to audiences, which is really heartwarming as well, just from like being citizen of this world, that, you know, kids, parents are interested in understanding the part that they can take in the question of sustain, sustainability and looking after the planet, partially because I think that these are topics that are widely debated and taught in schools. So they're very much part of this. They feel hopefully more vested uh, than potentially previous generations. And we are definitely seeing a lot of interest, whether this is driven entirely by kids making the choice to tune into the Da Vinci channel because they know we have a marathon for Earth Day or whether it's a discussion that has taken place within the family. Hey, let's watch this together because it's important that we know and we learn about this. It's too early for me to say at this point in time, but I'm hoping and maybe even seeing some early indications that it's the kids as well. Mm. And and do you do you discern any difference between the younger kids and the older kids in and how they interact with the content? You know, is it is it younger kids prefer video and less interactive? And then as the kids get older, they prefer the more gamified experience. What what do you notice from your kids cohort from the youngest to the oldest? the changes in how they interact with your content? So I would say that I was surprised and always um, by how much uh, the interactive, by how well the interactive content performs on 
the under for in the under six uh, category. Mm. So on our Azumi product, uh, obviously in the app because uh, channel is different, but in the app, I would say that the, um, the 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 gameplays that we're getting on the interactive games. So in Azumi, they are much more games than they are quizzes. Um, is at least the same as what we are getting in terms of video views. So I would say it's split 50-50. I know. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and, and it, it shows that that power of gamified yeah. learning, doesn't it? Even for the young ones who, quite frankly, you know, grow up with an intuitive sense of how to manipulate an iPad or, or, or a screen. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you are one of the few companies that I see that are bringing that together and sitting it alongside content and, and directly tying it into content. And that feels like a, um, a very compelling way for kids and families to do that learning, um, learning that isn't based in kind of the didactic or done at school. Um, so yeah, it's really, really interesting. And do you and and on that, do you think that's the do you think that's where you see the future of children's media evolving? So it moves far more into that interactive space in the future, because I particularly in that in that crossover between entertainment and education, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. So I would say that our Duolingo type learning journey that we currently have in the app is very much an MVP at this stage. Um, it was first released in September to a beta um, group and then uh, the, the, the second version, so the I would say the V1 really has been released in the last couple of weeks. It's available currently in our app. Um, and so it's probably too early to say if this is the way that uh, content should go. It's not been without challenges. I, I should say that this is not a easy <laughs> thing to build. Uh, we've definitely bumped into a lot of technical challenges. Uh, we've taken our time. We wanted to put something out that we felt was really our vision and what we wanted to see this feature to be about. So it's... Um, it's it's very much a, uh, a product of many many years of uh, of scooping and and working on this. So uh, I think I would be probably in a better position to answer answer this question in a, in a in a few months, maybe even a year. What I'm interested in exploring to answer your question about bridging viewing, uh, channel viewing, particularly for example, linear viewing and this experience is if we can see a second screen experience with this that actually really complement what's happening on the main screen. That's really what we are trying to test here. Um, so it's been really, it will be really interesting to see um, if that actually, if we actually deliver on this. Interesting. And would you be happy to kind of just, um, if we circle back on that and unpack what some of the technical challenges were that you were describing? Mm. Um, um, look, I think technical challenges that are not unique to this, but, you know, exist in any technical development, um, you know, uh, dev is very expensive. You kind of want to do it the right way otherwise you can end up spending 
you know, a lot of budget and wasting a lot of time. So, you know, we've been obviously building apps uh, and be building interactive experiences for 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 ten years with Macademia and in my profession, in my career, for the past twenty years. So there's definitely a, a you know playbook um, that you want to get right. I have a fantastic team. Um, we have a tech team um, which is quite sizable. Um, and I suppose what I'm <clears throat> trying to say here, excuse me, is that there's no cutting corners. Um, you know, there's no cutting corners in tech. If you do, it will come back to bite you. That's that's the uh, that I think that's the the hard lesson. I feel like there's some war stories there as well. <laughs> yes, there are there are a few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, look, I'm 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 excited. I think this is this is again a, a, a very exciting development for us. I'm very 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 pleased that we've we've released this, and um, I'll be um, I'll, I'll be very happy to keep in touch and tell you how it goes. Mm-hmm. We'll certainly take you up on that. Um, what we often like to do also is ask our guests to gaze into the crystal ball and give us a couple of predictions again, so we can get you on in the future and come back and test those predictions. Uh, so yes. In, in your opinion, what what does the future hold in this landscape in which we all work? Uh, you know, the future of kids media, the future of Da Vinci Kids and Azumi. What do you foresee coming down the track? A great question. And obviously, I wish that I did have the crystal ball and that kind of ability to look into the future, don't we all? But um, some interesting uh, areas that we are exploring, or I should say that I'm interested and being part of the conversation right now. The first one is obviously monetization of content. And I, uh, you know, we are looking very closely at what's happening with Copa, uh, what's happening with programmatic advertising, with what's happening around um, advertising that is uh, vetted and uh, deemed and, 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 um, I'm trying to look for my for the right word here is um, you know okay for kids to yeah. be, to be displayed. So there's definitely a lot being done in the space. There are a few companies that have taken this challenge head on, um, and I'm very uh, interested in seeing how this develops because, as you might appreciate, uh, with uh, sizable operations and um, you know, and quite a lot being invested in content monetization is very, you know, is very important for us. We can survive without it. On the subscription side, a few interesting things are happening. Um, I think that um, when fast channels uh, started, I remember seeing a lot of uh, thought leadership around the fact that fast was going to replace viewing and that it was the end of SVOD forever. I actually have reasons to believe that that's not completely the case um, and that we are going to go back to a normalization of really user preferences which is some people like to watch a linear channel some people like to watch on demand some people don't mind the apps and even love ads and some people really don't want ads and you know I think that we live in a society where we are lucky to have choice and that choice does matter and choice is important um, so interesting to see what's going to happen with SVOD. We're not seeing any signs that this is a, a declining business for us at this point in time. But we're obviously, as you might imagine, keeping a very close eye on that. Um, 
I'm very personally fascinated what was happening in artificial intelligence, um, if anything, because um, we do a lot of work around online safety and a lot, uh, 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 around what we call digital literacy. You may remember, um, or you may not know, that we created a um, um, an IP called Search It Up, which is about digital literacy. We were lucky to be nominated for a BAFTA a few years back. That's definitely a topic that's really important for us for doing more work in this space. We're looking at, at producing more um, on digital literacy. And that question of um, AI, sentient AI, and um, what's right and wrong, what's true and false, is a really, really important topic for us at this point in time. So, um, so, so de definitely um, taking this into account when we're thinking about how we're building um, another season of our series on digital literacy. Financial literacy appears to be a topic right now, which is really hot. A lot of discussions around that. We're trying to find partners to get on board to produce content on financial literacy. Um, you know, social emotional learning, I see it being a very important trend still and remaining so in the future, particularly with the world challenges that we are all facing um, and the fact that kids really at the end of the day are kids they need they need it they need support they need to understand what the hell is going on <laughs> um, because it's a bit scary and too. <laughs> um, but yes i i and 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 probably more more um more new developments um that 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 we are not yet completely seeing, but will will almost certainly come up. Absolutely, and 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 given that kids head to these platforms when they want to know something, and you know they don't Google it like we did. They go to video platforms. They go to YouTube to search for that knowledge. Uh, and thank goodness that there are people like you um, actually thoughtfully and curating and creating that content that gives kids that that information and education that they need. Because there's a lot of stuff that perhaps isn't quality out there. If uh, my my kids' YouTube uh, history is anything to go by, <laughs> Entertain, entertainment with a smallie. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do I make money out of crypto? No, please don't be looking on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, right. I, I I joke, but thank you. That's been a super interesting chat. We're we're really thrilled that you chose to uh, come and have a chat with us today and this morning and we'd love to have you back in the future just to see how all of those discussions and those predictions and those developments pan out it's been my absolute pleasure and such a fascinating conversation and i um i, I want to thank you for having me on 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 the podcast and i'll be very happy to come back anytime wonderful yeah no it's been a real pleasure thank you very much thank you it's great to see you all thank you thank you i'll see you again soon we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't done so already, then you'll never miss an episode.